So back to school season is definitely here. The early morning walks that I take with my dog have now become punctuated with school buses and kids on the sidewalk waiting for aforementioned school buses. Naturally, this got me interested in school buses because I don't know how universal they actually are, but at least in the United States, the yellow school bus is kind of iconic. And in fact, it's not just any shade of yellow. It is officially national school bus chrome yellow. And the reason is actually very intuitive. People notice that color. On the road, whether you're driving or pedestrian, you notice that big bright yellow thing. So taxis too are often this color, at least in New York City, which is the only place I've ever hailed a cab. And maybe if I was school bus yellow, then they would notice me. But anyway, I digress. So I don't know if there are more cabs than school buses, but there are a lot of damn school buses. In 2015, four 184,000 school buses transported U.S. kids, and half of kids in K through 12 take the school bus, and I am guessing that at least a solid quarter of them absolutely hate it. I personally rode the bus as infrequently as possible, and I was lucky to live close enough to walk until I got my driver's license for most of middle and high school. Still, I grew up in a fairly rural part of the country, so school buses were therefore essential for the vast majority of the kids. I went to school with. They were really the only semblance of public transportation that we had. And the original concept for school buses in the 19th century were kind of based in that idea, and they were called, I shit you not, kid hacks. And hacks were basically a type of horse-drawn carriage. Um, and these were produced in the 1880s with rear-loading carriages so that kids could get in and out without straining the horse too much. So the motorized versions first started popping up in the early 20s. 20th century, and by 1927, a Ford dealer named A.L. Luce developed the first model, which most resembles the current one. Although it just had canvas roll-ups in terms of like weather protection, which in Maine would definitely have not been enough, and definitely would have been like super unpleasant in like the middle of January. Um, but then again, walking 20 miles in the snow uphill both ways would have been way worse. So the metal school bus showed up in the 1930s, at which time it was distinctly established as a school bus, that being its sole or at least primary purpose. In terms of design, they were mostly modeled after cargo vehicles rather than passenger vehicles, so comfort was not exactly the first priority. But as more of them were being produced, standards for design, production, and safety emerged, and during this time, the late 1930s, the yellow shade was deemed the easiest to see at all times of day. And it's actually not the standard worldwide, but it's definitely the standard in North America. So during the Second World War, school buses really became a standard part of the education system, so they sort of be began to exist outside the realm of transportation. And as more school systems adopted them, the demand grew, as did the bus's capacity. So it became more economic to have fewer school buses in each school district, but have them be larger, 
so that they could carry more kids, but you didn't have to have as many of them. So even though school buses of some sort or another had been kind of like carting kids around for half a century, safety really didn't become a focal point until the 1970s. And there was also a shift in thinking away from enhancing their crashworthiness to actually making them less likely to get into an accident in the first place. So one thing that people always remark about when it comes to school buses is that they don't have seatbelts, which is half true. So the smaller buses that are like under 10,000 pounds are actually required to have them, but your typical neighborhood school bus does not, unless you live in certain states. So New Jersey is actually the only state that does require seatbelt use, but Florida, Louisiana, New York, and Texas uh, actually equip their school buses with them, and then it's down to each place to enforce them. And technically, across the board, it is up to each school district whether they require seatbelts and enforce their use. And many don't, in large part because school buses are subject to structural integrity and design standards that most passenger vehicles are not. So, i.e., they have been designed to be safe without any kind of restraint for passengers. Of course, some have also argued that seatbelts are actually more harmful in school buses than they would be helpful. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the National Safety Council have long recommended their use, and it's often a bone of contention between parents, communities, and school districts. So those who argue against it often cite financial concerns. So to outfit a fleet of school buses with seatbelts would no doubt be costly, and if they aren't proven effective, then like, why bother? So the National Highway Safety Administration in 2014 estimated that of the 500 or so kids and teens who died during the year traveling during school hours, only four of them were riding a school bus. But you know what? For the parents of those four kids, I am sure that you could not put a price on their safety. So statistics like this, when you're talking about kids, I'm not sure how compelling they really are. Of course, as with any other vehicle, the issue of seatbelts in a school bus also kind of comes down to that whole idea of enforcement and compliance. If you have small kids, getting them to stay belted in the car or to like stay in their car seat can be a fight. And this is only if you have like one kid. So if you're a school bus driver shuttling 30 odd kids, you know, how are you gonna keep track of whether or not they are properly belted? Also, if you're strapped into a vehicle improperly or inconsistently, it's not just gonna be ineffective, it can actually be dangerous. Anyway, seatbelts or no, School buses endure as a symbol of the end of the summer, at least for me. And in the United States, of note, the average lifespan of a school bus in terms of being used by school districts is about 10 years, and then they get retired. And once they get retired, they can have a multitude of other uses. Um, they can be used by community centers for transportation, or they get repurposed to groups that can use them for transportation that they don't necessarily have to follow the same kind of strict regulations that they would for schools. But what I always think of, and this is kind of a weird story, but what I always think of is that when I was growing up, I lived kind of for a while when I was very young, kind of out in the boonies, as one would say. So I lived kind of out in the woods. And on the road where I lived, there was somebody who actually lived in an old school bus. So they had like gutted it out and it was just kind of on this plot of land and it didn't really have wheels on it anymore, but it had been like totally gutted out, like all the seats taken out and then stuff put in it. And then they like lived in the school bus. And then one day it just kind of like disappeared. So for a while I thought I just like totally made it up in my head, but no, in fact, someone did. So I don't know if that's necessarily the first use I would think of, but obviously it can be done. I don't know if anybody's listening who is uh, of school age, but if you are, if you're on your way back to school this week, or if you will be after the holiday weekend, then uh, good luck, and I hope that uh, nothing shitty happens to you if you have to ride the bus. <laughs>